Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Okay, so um, like I said, today I'm not going to share a, um, a whole sermon. I'm, I'm just going to give opportunity for testimonies. So I know there are a couple of you who actually gave up your names for, for testimonies. So if you can maybe so long come forward and just come and um, sit here in front with, uh, next to Rochelle. Um, we're going we're gonna to give you an opportunity in a few moments. But also, even though if you haven't given up your name, but you have a testimony that you want to share, especially around uh, the series of, of the, being a Christian in the city, but, but um, you know, any other testimony that, of what the Lord has done uh, in your life. But, but while, we, while we're getting ready to do that, I, I just want you, if you have your, your Bible or your smartphone here, just open it up at Psalm 40. Just want to share a little something out of Psalm 40. Um, I'm, I'm reading for, from the, the English Standard Version. And um, it says there, uh, to the choir master, a Psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog. He set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. And, and, and just notice here how David talks about experiencing trouble of being in the, caught in the, uh, the, the miry pit, um, the pit of destruction and the miry clay, and crying to the Lord, and then the Lord answering his prayer and delivering him. And, and, and notice how many times he talks about, I will not restrain my lips. I will not be quiet about this. I will not be silent. I will tell in the great congregation. Um, and just, you know, I, I was thinking about it this morning and, and, and just thinking of the fact that, you know, when, when we turn our cares into prayers, God turns our tests into testimonies. You know, 
if we bring our troubles to God and say, God, I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm in trouble here. Lord, this is, this is something I can't handle. I need your help, God. And when we cry out to the Lord, He inclines and He hears our, our cry and He lifts us up out of the sink sand, the quagmire that keeps us captive. And He sets our feet on the rock again, on, on solid ground. Um, and so, you know, when we turn our cares, the stuff that, that concerns us, when we turn our cares into prayers, God does turn our tests into testimonies. And um, that's what we want to testify about this morning. And, and notice that not only does he many times say, um, you know, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. You know, not only does he say that I will not restrain uh, my lips, as you know, Lord, um, I have not hidden your deliverance in my heart. I've spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I've not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. But so, so he says, I'm, I'm testifying of it. And, and it's important that we testify it. You know, we, we don't get all the benefit that God wants to give us from his deliverance and from the answered prayers and from his salvation if we only keep it to ourselves. We can only get the full benefit when we also share it with others, share with others what God has done, uh, not only do they benefit from it, but we benefit from it. Because your, your, um, what God has done becomes more real to you when you celebrate it with others. I mean, we have a natural sort of inclination to want to do that, don't we? When, whenever you, you know, get a new job or when you get married or when you when something cool happens, when, when, a, when a team that you're cheering for wins the league or something like that, or when you, just something ha happens that, that you really enjoy, the first thing you want to do is you want to find someone <laughs> that you can share it with and that you can celebrate it with. And um, God says we, we need to do that. We must do that. Um, but not only does David share his testimonies of God's deliverance and God's goodness and God's love with, with the congregation. He writes songs about them. He says, I'm not just going to testify of them once off. I'm going to write songs that are going to be sung over and over and over and over again about God's deliverance, about God's goodness, about the testimony that God has given me. Can you see how serious David was about his testimony and proclaiming what the Lord and celebrating what the Lord has done in his life? And, and I think we should... Um, we should do the same. Okay. Lorato, will, will you and, and the guys in your small group are going to testify, come forward so long, and um, Dylan, will, will you guys also just come and join us here in the front? Um, Karin, I think Karin's also going to share. With, oh, there you are. Can you also just come and sit here on, in front? I'm going to ask Lorato to start for us, you and your small group. And if... If you have a testimony, um, like I said, especially of um, the series, you know, um, being a Christian in the city, but any other testimony of what the Lord has done in your life, please come forward and just, just come and give your name here to Rochelle. She will uh, she'll put you on the list and then you can, you can share with us. Thanks, Lerato. Thank you so much, Henny. Pastor Henny, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, good morning, church. Um, I hope you're all doing well. At least today is not that cold. <laughs> yeah, so um, 
one of the leaders of the student small group and I'm just here to report how uh, this series has impacted us and it's been quite a journey. So um, as we are students, so usually it's like three years degree, so we are here to just be there for that period and go do something else or move into another uh, province or whatnot. So the thing of being cemented in the community it was never really a thing. So with the sermon, you know, being emphasized that God wants us to be here in the city and be part of the city and partake in the city. So that has really um, encouraged us to be more active. And also, it has also encouraged us to form more personal relationship with one another, which is really important for, for the community, for us to strengthen our bond, even if one of us may move to go in another province or another country, we can still be able to keep up and check on each other. So um, on that, I also want to call two of the ladies from our small group, and that is Gamba and Ngadeko, they will give a bit of their testimony. So Gamba, please. <laughs> Good morning, church. My name is Gamba Luetu Fofo, but you can call me Luetu. And it's been a great journey. You know, this series has been very life-changing for me in particular because before the series, I'll just share that um, I was an atheist. I didn't believe in any higher power. I didn't believe at all. But I could just hear God, you know, just saying, you know you want this, you know. Like, you know you want this. You keep denying it. But you want it, you know. You know you want me. And it was a thing. I just put it at the back of my mind, like, no, I do not believe. But... Starting the series of Jeremiah, it was like an eye-opener for me, you know. Um, I remember Pastor Henry was um, preaching and saying, you can't change the city if you look like the city. And I think that's, that stuck with me throughout the whole journey because it's, it put so much boldness in me, you know, so much courage that, you know, you can do this, you can change. And the impact has been very immaculate, but very uncomfortable, very challenging. You know, it was scary that I might have to be reflexive in places that I don't, I'm not ready for. For example, changing the music that I listen to, you know, it, it, it's like, oh, you, you have to listen to this type of music now, but it's like when I do listen to maybe worldly music, I get the Holy Spirit is like, girl, you know, are you, are you saying this? <laughs> you know, so... It's been a life-changing journey, and this series has contributed a lot to um, my journey and, like, as a Christian in the city. And I'm very active. Like, I am proud to actually be the one in the friend group that's like, ah, you're always going to talk about God. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I'm very proud to be those people. Thank you. <laughs> so you, you sort of glossed over it very quickly, but why, why don't you tell us a bit more about how the change happened from being an atheist to, to, to actually um, putting your trust in the Lord. Give us a bit more detail, please. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, there was one Sunday where my friend Miriam was telling me, we should go to church. I'm like, oh, and I wanted to go to church. It's been a thing, but as I, I, I said, I kept pushing him away, like not wanting, you know, like I, I think I was scared, you know, of my reality and things that have to change, all the unhealthy um, habits that I had to unlearn. So the first Sunday I came to church, 
I was still a bit skeptical. I was still a bit closed-minded. But, you know, I got a revelation that God is here. I think that was the first time I changed my perspective that God is here. And then my hunger and the want of God started, like, flowing in. And it was like, where does this come from? <laughs> like, you know, you know, you were that atheist that always used to Christian Christians, but now you are the one to stand up for God and say, you know, he is my Lord and Savior, and he died for me. So I'm here to testify that he worked miracles in my life. Thank you, Kamba. I just want to thank you very much. That's a wonderful testimony. And I just want to um, just read something in Scripture that I think really confirms the experience. Um, this is from Ezekiel 36, and, and it says in verse 24, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into my own uh, into your own land i will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols i will cleanse you and i will give you a new heart and a new spirit i will put within you i will give you a heart of stone uh, from i'll take the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And, and just as she was testifying, you know, God, when he saves us, he gives us a new heart with new desires, with new um, loves, with new affections um, and, and, and a hunger for him. And it's, it's just so wonderful to, to see. And, you know, sometimes we sit here in the service as, as Christians who've been around for a long time, and we're unaware of the miracle that's happening in other people's hearts. You know, while we were sitting here listening to the sermon, God was doing a miracle in her heart and changing her heart completely. Amen? And, and, and that's what our God does. He does it every day. And he, and he doesn't just do it in church services. He can do it anywhere. That's so encouraging. Greetings, everyone. My name is Nkateko. Um, I'm just here to testify about uh, being a Christian in the city. Before the sermon, being a Christian in the city, I, you know, I would just like come to church, go back to it, and everything would like go back to being normal. But um, in the past few weeks, a student just asked me to pray for them, and because they are sick, they need healing. I prayed for them and I got feedback that they have healed. Being a Christian in the city, the sermon has just um, encouraged me and it has taught me that you, you, God has sent you here for a reason and that is to serve him through his word and prayer. So I'm very grateful for the sermon, being a Christian in the city, because in Jeremiah 29, there's where God says, for I know the plans I have for you. So um, God knew the plans he had for me at that time when the girl asked me to pray for her and she healed. And I'm very happy that I was able to heal someone through prayer. Thank you. Thanks, Nkateko. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing how often God surprises us. 
You know, so often we, we don't see miracles or God doing stuff because we don't ask. We have not because we ask not. And if we ask more, we'll have more. I, I remember there's a saying from a, a very famous um, ice hockey player called uh, Wayne Gretzky. And, and he said, you'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Think about that for a moment. You'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Okay? And, and it's the same in, 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 in this life. You know, God can answer our prayers if we pray them. He can, he can heal and save and deliver when we ask Him. We need to just ask Him. We need to cry out to Him. Uh, and He will hear our, our, our cries. Okay. Good morning. So, um, our small group talked a little bit about what this, um, this series meant to us. And I think one of the first things that we spoke about was that we tend to be very... Um, it's very human to get so involved in your own life and to be so busy with everything that you're doing that we tend to forget to be on the lookout for um, opportunities to be the light to people who really need it. So the series, um, for us, we all agree that it made us more aware of our environment. And um, <coughs> excuse me, personally, I can testify that when we were sitting one day at small group and talking about people in our lives that we can impact, I thought of one of my colleagues who she once told me that her husband wasn't Christian, but she never said that she was. And I don't think that she goes to church or is part of a Christian community. And so um, one day she just told me it's going really tough. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'll be praying for you. And she said, wow, thank you. And then the next time she actually said to me, I need prayer. And then I phoned and I said, would it be okay if I prayed to you? And she so appreciated it. And so I, f I feel like she was so open. I just needed to take that step of seeing, seeing her and being, um, yeah, being available to her. And I think that opened a channel for communication. And I just realized that having the Lord when your life feels like it's falling apart, to have the Lord to give you that comfort... Um, it's so special, and I don't want anyone to miss out on that. We kind of take it for granted sometimes, but if you don't have that, it's, it sucks. <laughs> it's pretty lonely. Um, and then something else that we discussed was the fact that we should not forget that we're part of a team. So the city on the hill is made up of many lights. And so any of us is a light on our own, and any of us can make a big difference. But I want to encourage you to not feel overwhelmed and feel like I have to change the world on my own because a city is made up of many different buildings with many lights. And um, God has given us all different giftings. And so if you are an introvert and it's painful to go and speak to a stranger, yes, there are times where you have to put yourself out of your comfort zone. But God doesn't expect you to change into an extrovert that actually likes talking to strangers. For that, he put extroverts in your small group. is <laughs> like, I mean, I feel, I feel the pain. So, um, you, you know, we, we spoke about it. What is the idea of a light? To think of uh, evangelists as the only way to be a light is a lie. 
because being somebody that is maybe quiet and you know um, introverted, but you are you always do what you say you're going to do. That is an example to the world. That is a light in the darkness, or whatever your personality is. I want to en encourage you to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, but not to believe the lie that you can't be a light. Or, and I'm not dissing introverts, I'm just saying that this is something we spoke about, is that an introvert feel, feels like I'm not making the cut, and that's a lie. You can, in your way, some people have a gift of empathy, being that person that has the ability to give love and give it well. And so um, embrace your gift and ask God how you can use your personality that he gave you and your gifting that he gave you. And we then, as a city together, can be the light. Amen. I just want you to, um, to notice, I mean, what, what Karin was saying here about just taking that step of, you know, asking that lady to pray or what Kamva said, you know, her friend asked her, you know, won't you come with me to church? And it's such a small thing, but often, you know, people are more ready to respond and more receptive to that than we realize. And, and she wouldn't be sitting here being able to testify of how the Lord has saved her and what the Lord has done in her life if, if that friend had not just said to her, come with me to church. That miracle would not have happened if that friend had not just taken that small, small step, you know. So, uh, yeah, I just want to encourage you. That, that to me, that's encouraging. The little things that we do, God can use to make a big difference. To us, it might just look like, you know, five little loaves and two little fishes that we're giving. But God can actually use those little things that we contribute to make a massive difference in people's lives. Amen? Amen. Leah, will you guys, you and Christella, come forward <laughs> and come and share with us? Hi, um, my name is Christella. I'm an introvert, so I didn't really want to stand here. <laughs> I was actually asking Leah to come stand next to me, but she has her own testimony to share. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, long story short, um, I was saved at the age of 13. So from then, um, I've had a lot of friends of mine who I've invited to church and there's a specific friend of mine I invited to church on my 18th birthday, and he didn't want to come to church with me, um, but I bribed him with um, my birthday cake. <laughs> so <laughs> right now he's a pastor, and every time I, pre I, I go to his church and he's preaching, he's always saying, that's my friend Christella. She bribed me with her birthday cake, and that's how I'm standing here today. So, but um, I ended up marrying a guy who's Rastafarian. So um, I stopped going to church completely, and he was an extrovert. Um, long story short, in, in our marriage, he had another child, and that child being four months older than my child. So um, I hated the lady, but I accepted the child. Um, so... I ended up separating from him because of a long, another long story. Um, so, uh, 
yeah, my small group asked me to share the testimony because um, I was pray I asked the small group to pray for me because um, I don't have that feeling anymore of inviting people to church and seeing how God can change their lives anymore. Um, in my community, I all I ever ask for is to to um, to change the um, the children's lives, and that's why I always bring so many kids to church. Um, I think yeah, I think I bring too many kids to church. But the specific lady um, who had a child with my husband called me the day after we had that prayer at small group and said her child passed away. He was bound by a truck, and he he passed away. Can I bring my kids to the funeral? I didn't want to. I was like, God, you're testing me. I don't want to go to another Rastafarian um, funeral. And this lady had a child, and she was part of 70% why my marriage broke down. But I, I took my kids, and we went to Guatemala in the East Rand. Um, and yeah, we had the funeral. It was all Rastafarian. And I was like, oh, I'm probably going to go to hell. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> She came, <laughs> she came to me um, after the funeral service, and she said to me, um, Christella, I know that we've gone through a lot, but I'd really like you to pray for me, because um, if it wasn't um, for me following the Rastafarian religion, um, my child would probably still be alive. So... Uh, then I thought, I honestly thought to myself that, okay, God, you're testing me. <laughs> I don't want to pray for this lady. I don't like her, but I prayed for her. <laughs> I prayed for her, even on my way, because honestly, I had nothing against the child, and I'm very heartbroken that the child um, ended up dying. Um, yeah, I prayed for her, and then I came home, I, I told um, my family that I prayed for Smangele, and they were like, oh, you shouldn't enter her business, it's none of your business. Um, but I prayed for her, I continued praying for her that night. The next day, I got many missed calls from a number I didn't know, because I blocked her number. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and she told me, she told me that... Um, she gave her life to Jesus, um, and she'd like to thank me because um, I'm part of the reason why she gave her life to Jesus, and if I can continue praying for her. I was telling Handa on Wednesday that um, I keep wanting to call her and ask her how she's doing, but I don't, don't want to go back into the depression state I was um, a couple of, well, for a year and a half now. Um, and she, she encouraged me, just send her a message. So I sent her a message, and she told me that she now goes to Bible study in her community, and um, she goes to church, and she, she just wants to give her life completely to God and stop the Rastafarian. For many of you who didn't know Rastafarian, is, it's a religion. It's a complete, they don't believe in God. They have their own God. And... Being with them, they will test your faith in God. They will, they will tell you different stories about the Bible, and you'll end up hating the Bible. But my, uh, I, didn't, I, like, I didn't go to that um, side of the religion. Um, yeah, so I'll continue praying for her. Um, my testimony is just that God tests you. Um, she doesn't live in my community. She lives in the East Rand. I almost got lost going there. But um, <laughs> God sent me to an another community um, 
to save somebody, even though it was um, it wasn't like it wasn't in the happiest of circumstances. God sent me to that community to save somebody who who went astray. I don't even know if she's ever believed in God, but she went astray back in the days. Um, but yeah, so God sent me to. So God won't just give you somebody you like or just a stranger. He'll he'll also give you somebody you dislike. To yeah, <laughs> so I can testify to that. Okay, thank you. I supported you, so you must support me. Um, yeah, yeah. You can see me. Okay. <laughs> um, my testimony is more of a reflective testimony. Um, as you were saying, Rastafarian, I just loved the song. <laughs> um, yeah, um, for me, like I was just sitting and I was wondering which testimony should I bring because like in my file, there's like a massive testimony. I could literally testify about God the whole day. But <laughs> I just asked God, um, which one should I talk about? So most of you know me, I have dreads with the Rastafarian uh, beads on. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'll go back to that one. Um, I just want to testify about how God came into my life the first time. So I was in a relationship, an interreligious relationship. My ex-partner is Muslim, so I was Christian. But we were not married, so I was cohibiting. So... Um, there was a time when I was pregnant and I was working at a salon. Um, and I used to smoke a lot, guys. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I did. Um, but this other day, just this one day, I was sitting at, in the salon and I was like, my partner was asking me should I should uh, convert to Islam. Like, he was just convincing me that Islam is the way. But I already knew there was God and I worshipped and praised God, but I was so convinced that... Perhaps Islam is the true religion because those people, know, they know the Quran, guys. Like, yo. <laughs> anyway, I, I said, okay. Um, so this one particular day, they in the salon, sitting, and I was like, I'm going to actually convert to Islam. And uh, I was just sitting there smoking my weed, doing my customers here. And then the next day, I woke up in the morning, I even wore the kurta, the whole thing, like I had the whole shebang, the whole Muslim thing. And I'm going there with my big stomach to the salon, I'm like, today, yeah, I'm telling him, I'm changing, I'm living the Christian life, I'm going to be a Muslim. Then I was sitting, and the worst part, it was in the afternoon, and like my salon was basically Rastafarian, so I was playing reggae music, dance hall, you name it. And uh, my boss was also like a weed smoker. So, I'm shaking. So, <laughs> when um, it was about around three o'clock, I think, and I was like just sitting there and just imagining me being a Muslim and doing all of these things. And as I was about to go out, uh, these four guys, three guys came to the salon. The salon was reeking marijuana, guys. And I'm like, Abelung, what, what do they want here? And, and I'm like, yo. 
And then they're like, no, um, we're from a church called uh, Shofar. We are doing this, uh, was it Alpha? Alpha. Alpha series. So Alpha series. So that, those guys were Hanu, Philip, and Cornell. And they started talking about God, and they showed me a video of Pastor Henrik Titus. And I was like, hmm. I stopped, and I'm like, okay, let me, let me give this a thought. And from there, I never looked back. That's how God actually snatched me from the clutches of the devil. And I gave my life to God. But like, there's a whole lot of complications. The enemy did attack me, guys, and I'm not lying. Um, there were times where, um, sorry, I remember when I was pregnant with my son, my boy, my little boy, um, I went to the hospital and they told me that my son didn't have a spine. Like he was just a baby. There was nothing moving like he's just a baby. I'm going to give birth to a disabled child. So at that time, that's when I actually got into the small group and I went with the results there. I cried my heart out and I was like, God, I do not want a disabled child. I was crying and my small group just prayed for me. They just prayed. Um, and then I went again. Still the results were the same. I cried and I cried until I gave, until the first, I think it was the 22nd of January when I set my foot in this wall. And on the 22nd of February, I gave birth to a bouncing baby boy. He had a spine. He was fine. But that was not all. <laughs> when he was born, his uh, penis was closed. So he couldn't pee. He cried. I had to take him to the doctor, to the hospital, had an operation. And then his legs, one leg was big, the other one was small. Like you'd literally lift him up and you'd see. I just pray. I also told my small group, we prayed about it. They prayed about it. And then after some time, I just took him to the, is it the psych, what? Fizzy, fizz. That one, yes. <laughs> I took him there. <laughs> and, the, and that guy was like, why are you bringing your son here? Because I don't see anything wrong. So his legs just grew. And that was all about prayer. So I saw God's miracle in my life. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Let's just um, just stand here. I just want to pray for you guys. I just th this testimony to me is so encouraging because, um, like Christella said, um, you know, even when, when when your heart is not perfectly right and you're, <laughs> you, you 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 don't like you're struggling to love the person, God will still use the word of your testimony to make a difference. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for these testimonies. We thank you for the lady that got saved, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for um, Leah, Lord, that you saved her and that you healed her son, Lord. And we just thank you for these testimonies. And we pray, Lord, that they'll continue, Lord God, to make a massive difference in other people's lives. Thank you that you encourage, use them to encourage our faith, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you use us even in our fallen humanness, Lord God. Even in, in when we're not at our best, Lord, you use us, Lord. To, to make a difference in this world, Lord. And we just give you all the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Arthur, will you come and share with us, please? Morning. Um, <laughs> who of you have ever looked at the corners and seen all these drug addicts and all these guys begging and felt... Uh, I just give up on these guys. 
Just put up your hand. <laughs> okay, most of you. Uh, one day I came from Melville just to the corner, I think is Judith, and there was this guy that I could really see for a long time. He didn't belong there. And that day the Lord said, stop. So I stopped and I walked over to him and I said, okay, you obviously don't belong here. Who are you? And he said, no, 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 I'm just waiting for a job. I'm just waiting for an interview. I'm going to go for this interview. I'm actually an actuary, but uh, fortunately, uh, you know, just changed and I'm on the streets. So I said to him, okay, come to my house and I'll give you a place to sleep. You don't have to sleep in the bushes. So he came and lots of clothes later and lots of food and things like that. He was back on the, st uh, in, in the, um, I can't remember, I think he slept in the graveyard. And then we kept on praying for him and I one day went to him again and then another a guy who was non-religious came, he was and actually with him and we decided together we will, we want to give this guy a chance. So the other guy paid for him to, to stay in, in the flat that I actually previously gave to him. But I said, okay, if he wants to come back, he's got to pay. So the other guy agreed to pay for him. And then I went to the spa and we arranged for him to go and get food because we knew we couldn't give him money. So he, we arranged for him every day to go and get some food there. And then I, one day I said to the other guy, his name's Pranay, I said to him, listen, we've got to call him in. We're going to have to stop this and give him a chance to get into rehab. So we arranged for him to go to rehab. He took me to one that he was in previously for alcohol. And then uh, they said to us nine months. So we agreed, okay, he can stay here for the nine months and we'll keep looking after him, but he was, he was very sick at that stage. He was injecting uh, in the arm, and uh, because that's cheaper and it works quicker and longer. So the end of it is that that was middle nov uh, very close to the end of November. The 1st of November, they called me and they said he can go in. That was a week instead of nine months. I went to him that day and I said to him, uh, they've got a position for me. And his eyes went like this big because he really didn't want to go. Uh, and then he went in. Today he's, he manages a company one and a half years later. He's well on the road. He's accepted Jesus. Uh, and so don't give up on those streets. And the easiest thing that you can go and do is buy a Bible and hand it out, especially if you are introverted. If you, I, I, I just go to Cresta, I buy Bibles in all languages. I go and I stop at the shell, for instance, or a garage, and I just hand out the Bibles. And then the next time I stop there, they come to me. I learned this, I learned this, I learned this. So a Bible, if you don't have a time to speak to the guys, if I stop at the sh uh, at shell up here, they come running to my car and they talk to me and they ask me questions. So use the Bible, uh, but don't give up on the guys on the streets.
they, they need us. Okay. Hello, church. My name is Dylan, and this is my gorgeous fiance, Lizelle. Thank you. Um, we'd just like to share our testimony on how the community has come and helped us as, you know, citizens or, or, or Christians in the city. Um, I, I come from a, a broken family where there was no space for God, and that created what we like to call generational curses and generational sin. Um, and that sort of rubbed off onto how we began our relationship um, due to circumstances. Uh, we had to live together, so essentially living in sin. Um, and we joined Louis and Kat's small group and um, the community there really embraced us and, and helped us along our journey. And um, we one night had a, a meal with Louis and Kat and they sort of lovingly held us accountable. And that sort of, it, it, uh, <laughs> the, it did quite a bit. It, uh, it sort of broke us, but also we slowly realized that uh, our small group was there for a reason. And um, yeah, they weren't there to judge you, but rather hold you accountable. Um, we began on our Ignite journey. That was quite, quite a good starting point for us. Um, and then we later went on to legacy, and that, that's where we learned that um, our generational sin and curses and all of that uh, played a big part in how we wanted to uh, uh, go forward in our relationship and our marriage. Um, at the time, we weren't, you know, prepared to be married, uh, maybe out of guilt or out of, out of, it just, the, the stars didn't align, if that makes sense, and, and nothing was right, and the logistics of getting family to where we needed them to be seemed like herding cats at one point. It was, it was quite a challenge. But um, we decided regardless, this is what God intended. This is how God wanted a, a Christian couple to be. Um, and then we spoke to, to Louis and Kat, and uh, immediately they were like, okay, we have a room. This will be staying there, and then we'll go from there. We started marriage prep. We carried on further. We, we spoke to, to Henny and, and, and everyone at, the, at um, um, Oak House, and... Um, from there, we just started planning a wedding, and slowly but surely, everything fell into place. God's blessings on blessings on blessings. And um, our small group especially uh, jumped in, and anything they could do to help, they did. Um, and that's just, that's just, I mean, that's, it's a testimony to how Christians in the city um, really, it's a, it's a big deal for us. It's, a, it's an important thing for us because we really decided that at any opportunity, we were going to leave Joburg. I had very negative, I grew up in Joburg, so the last thing I wanted was to be in Joburg. Um, but we, 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 during the last series, we felt convicted to stay and, and raise our family, our future family in Joburg and be God's example, be, be what God intended. And um, yeah, we will be married next week Sunday. Uh, at Oak House, you know, so... That, that's an amazing opportunity for us. That's, uh, everyone's involved, really. Everyone we intended to. And um, all the family's coming, which is a blessing in itself. And so, yeah, that's, that's our story so far. I don't know if you'd like to share, Mala. 
So we started out our relationship very open and very honest with one another about where we were at, what was going on. And Dylan told me, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. I don't see that happening. And um, on our first date, I, um, we were walking in town and I saw our worship small group leader, or our worship leader. I haven't seen her in like three, four months because it was lockdown level five, like we couldn't go anywhere. And we were shouting at one another from across the street and I'm like, I miss you, I miss church, I'll see you. And Dylan's standing there like quite awkwardly. And uh, <laughs> he's like, what is going on? Being the introvert. And... Um, he, we walked a little ways and he's like, so I'm guessing you're like quite involved in church. Up until that point, we really didn't um, discuss religion or being church-going people at all. And um, so, sorry, sorry, just to add, <laughs> I, I'm ashamed to say I was a non-believer um, and only recently saved, so that contributes to that. <laughs> and... Um, I'm like, yeah, so I was a, a small group leader at that time. I was in the worship team, really, really involved in church. And he kept quiet. And I'm like, Lord, you know my heart to have a godly husband. Like, if this is not the man for me, you must tell me. And we will stop it right here. And not two seconds later, he started telling me about his testimony, where he came from, how he got saved, went to Alpha, the people in his life. And in that moment, God told me, this is the man you're going to marry. Through three years of struggling and believing and growing together, um, yeah, it's just we're getting married next week. Um, my biggest thing was just in Daniela's sermon um, in Christians in the, on Christians in the City. She was like, she didn't want to be here. She didn't know why she was going to be here. Like she didn't understand what God's plan was for her. And... From me coming to, jo to Joburg on my own and Dylan coming a year later, we both didn't know what God's plan for us was. We didn't know why we were here, wanted to go back with everything in us. Like you said, the first opportunity we leave. And that sermon hits so hard because how can you expect God to bless you and tell you what his plans are for you if you don't listen? And if you close your heart off to all of those opportunities and, and people that he wants to show you. I mean, at one point we were, we were questioning, and this is obviously like lies from the enemy, but are we in the right church? Are we in the right small group? Are we really being where we need to be? And like Dylan said, blessings upon blessings, as soon as we told Louis and Kat and everyone in small group that, listen, we want to get married, we need some help, people started blessing us, whether it was tablecloths or hair or makeup or offering to fold tape, um, napkins, whatever it may be, Louis and Kat offering me to, to go stay with them. Like just God confirmed in so many ways that we are doing the right thing. And we are so grateful and so honored to be able to, to share our testimony um, that God like actually sees what you need. And his plan for you might not look the way you want it to, but I can promise you it's so much better than you, what you have in mind for you and what you think your life and your testimony should look like. Um, you guys also mentioned that um, the, the sermon on, on uh, family in the city, 
played a role in, in, in your decision. Do you want to maybe expand on that? Um, so I sort of took it upon myself to, to fix those family generational curses, sins, um, and, and that involves your, your extended family as well. So um, my relationship with my mom hasn't been what I wanted to be. And recently um, there was an opportunity for her to come to Joburg and stay with us. And um, we, were, we were frightened. It was, it was a t <laughs> terrible thought. Um, but we prayed about it. We prayed for my mom. And... Um, my mom came, and, and it was a much smoother experience than we, we expected. And um, we, you know, we shared a, shared a few meals, and and based on that, you can just see how God is working in your family, and how you will take that further. And um, we hope to be the type of parents that allow for God to be in our our, our home, our relationships, and um, and then you know raise kids that take that further. Um, I think um, we we watched a, a video during marriage prep where they basically raise an army who goes out and does God's work. And that's exactly what we intend to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, isn't that amazing? So, uh, um, I mean, you have a situation here where, where um, you guys, were, you, you, you knew God, you were sort of following God, but not doing things God's way until God really spoke to you. And then you made that difficult decision. We're going to do it God's way. Um, Lizelle moved out when it was three, two, three weeks ago four weeks ago uh, when they made this commitment, moved out and moved in with Louis and Kat. They did marriage prep. And um, because of their obedience, God has just turned things around and really been blessing them. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's just such a testimony of how we think we know what's best for us. But God actually does know what's best for us. And God's way is, is always better. So let's just stretch out our hands to them and just pray for them. Father God, we just bring... Dylan and Lizelle before you, and we thank you, Lord, that you have turned their lives into a testimony, Lord, that you've brought them from brokenness and hurt and um, you know, just trauma and not believing in family, Lord, to a place where um, they're not only going to get married next week, but they're going to start a family of their own. And, and there's, Lord, the, the, the generational curses of the past have been broken, Lord, and, and they're going to start on a whole new um, yeah, footing, Lord. It's, it's like you've lifted them up out of the miry clan, set their feet on the rock, and their children will be blessed because of the decisions they are busy making, Lord. And we just pray your blessing over them in Jesus' name. We pray that you'll bless their wedding day. We pray that you'll bless their marriage together, their lives together, Lord. We pray that you'll protect them from the evil one. And we pray, Lord God, that uh, you'll cause them to really enjoy, um, yeah, just the blessing of one another that you're giving that you're giving them and that you'll make them one and protect their marriage and that their marriage will continue to be a testimony of what you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Good morning, church. Good morning, Miriam. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm Miriam. So I come from a very small town. It's called Hoodsprayed. Everyone knows everyone. It's very quiet and it's very peaceful. When I had to come to Joburg to study, the only reason why I applied at UJ is because there was no application fee. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I then applied, I got accepted, and then I had to come here. I did not like Joburg at all. It's too noisy, it's too busy, it's too crowded. It's not my kind of vibe. And you know, when you come here, you, 
here in university, most university students, they're all about the soft life, you know, we're partying, we're going out, and that was not my kind of thing. So during first year, I always felt like I was alone, it was miserable, I wanted to go home. Literally every month end, I would be home. I would only come back to school when I had practicals because I couldn't miss those. And there was this one time my dad actually asked, he's like, so why am I even paying for rest if you're gonna be home every, every month? And then this year happened. So when they were talking about being Christians in the city, I remember at small group, we discussed about being Christians in the city. And one thing that they mentioned was being part of a community. And through that, I then found a community within the church, within my small group. So I felt as though I belonged somewhere. And with that, it really helped me. I am, I'm not as bored, like I'm always busy. There's always something <laughs> ready for me to do. And I realized that that community made such a huge impact on my life. And it has become so easy for me to also make an impact on other people's lives because I know that, okay, I'm not only in Joburg to study, and I'm not going to wait until I'm done studying in order to make an impact, but I can actually start now, and it has been a really wonderful journey. I enjoy every moment. Like, I'm always looking forward to small group. I'm always excited for small group, and that has been beautiful. So the series made me find a community. It made me find people that I can always run to, you know, I can have questions, I'll be doing devotion, I know I can text anyone from my small group and they will be there to listen to me and to help me. So yeah, it was really helpful. Hello, good morning everyone, my name is Dandre. Uh, it's been a while since I stood up here, so. <laughs> um, I'll try to keep it short, so three things that I just want to share. Um, the first one is I've, I was also quite blessed with the old uh, Christian in the City uh, sermon, and what, what I kind of like uh, about that, that there was a, a few series of things that, that then you shared, the one being from Nehemiah a while back, long while back, and then this one, and also my other favorite biblical characters, Joseph, and they all have one thing in common, and it's that they've been into a foreign land and they had to grow, and they had to um, be a shining light to, to a lot of like um, non-Jewish uh, um, civilizations. And, and they were like a shining beacon. And so, yeah, for me, it just stood out, the, uh, all of that. So the second thing was, um, I mean, especially the, the putting the first things first. Uh, it, came, uh, it, it reminded me from... The, the Seven Heavens book of, you know, putting first things first, like waking up early and actually saying, God, I'm going to first let my soul rest in you. Because I wake up a lot of times with a very anxious spirit. And then even if the day goes well, I don't get as much done as I can or should because I'm always anxious. I'm always, not, I'm always restless. And, and, and just starting with that, even if the day go, doesn't go so well, I know at least I've got a good basis to start the day from. The other thing is um, on Wednesday, uh, during small group, uh, we, we had a, a bit of a prayer session, and um, I shared with my, with my brother Daniel, where is he? <laughs> ah, there you are, man. 
so I just shared with them um, how I sometimes, when I, when I tackle something new, I, I always have this anxiety that comes over me. Now, I know that it's got a physiological origin, but sometimes it's also quite spiritual. So we prayed for that. The next day, when I started my work, there was this particular task that came up, which challenged me because it was something completely new, completely different. I was the one who offered to take it on. I felt no anxiety. I started, I completed it. There were some hiccups, but it's done, dusted, and I can only th uh, thank God that anxiety did not step into that space um, to affect me to get things done. And it also helped me to have a clear mind to, to methodically work through the process too. And then the last thing is, um, a few weeks ago, I had some friends over to, for, for a movie night, and uh, the one is uh, a Muslim, so those of you probably have met him at Shofar before, his name is Ziad. <laughs> he attended the Alpha course in 2018, um, which was also quite a special event in itself. And uh, he brought this other friend along that I've also known for a while, and we, we watched the movie, and afterwards, he, the, the, the one friend fell asleep, and Ziad and I started talking. I don't see him quite as often as I used to, and so I took this opportunity to talk, him, talk to him about his faith. And the thing that I realize is that even though Muslims tend to give off this idea that they know their Quran, <laughs> they only know it in Arabic, and then you ask them, what does it mean in English? So I had, a, I had a bit of a debate with him, uh, ending up with the, the issues that of the origin of the Quran, and we ended up debating until like 3 a.m. <laughs> until I tell him, told him, listen, okay, I think we need to stop it right here. You need to go home. <laughs> um, and then the next day, uh, uh, I woke up, and, and so this other guy slept over because he uh, stays very far away. Um, and so I also had a bit of a chat with him. I shared with him what happened the night before. And I also then took the opportunity to ask him about what his um, uh, convictions are from a, you know, a religious perspective or worldview perspective. And he said he was like, he, he, he knows a little bit about Christianity, but he's kind of like in the space where he doesn't really know, you know, where, where things are, are making sense and, and so he's like gravitating towards existentialism which is kind of this way of if you're an atheist and you want to find meaning in life you know this is kind of like something that you can grab hold onto to have some kind of hope and some kind of purpose and so I took the opportunity to share with him the gospel uh, we ended up talking so long that uh, so I had this other appointment, and Esther was like, Daniel, are you, are you ready now? We have to go. <laughs> I was like, um, <laughs> okay, we need to wrap this up, man. Um, but, but it was so cool to be able to just share, um, you know, take him through. This is what the problem is, you know, uh, you know with sin, and to, to go through into, well, this is what God's kind of like dilemma is and how he overcame this dilemma. And this is the solution. And he felt like so, you know, open and, and listening and stuff. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping and praying for both of them to finally come to know the Lord. Um, yeah, and that's just what I want to share this morning. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'll share quickly. Um, the, 
the word of the Lord is alive and active. Amen. So the series, um, for me, it was so intertwined with Bible school and youth and legacy and liberty. So often at small group, I will just, I would just be sharing tidbits of either the sermon or <laughs> Bible school or legacy training or liberty. So I was being like, someone said this somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, I can't remember who, but someone from church said this somewhere. <laughs> so I was just um, thanking God because all through the series, he's just been drawing me back and just, I feel like I was in this faith course of just being ignited again and being like purified again. And just quickly of liberty, um, I felt like I was fine. <laughs> I felt like I was fine. <laughs> and I was so full of pride. I just want to just come and this is a confession. Um, I'm always with my hands up and bold in praise. Um, but even us worshipers can get full of pride. And yeah, God just came and told me to let go of pride. He came and told me to let go of that pride. And he constantly told me to, that he's loosening the bonds on my feet. And he's telling, like letting me go of pride. So he, he just came and set me free. For a long time, I was so numb and I couldn't sing at home. This is a place where I always sing freely, worship him freely. And I was so numb and I couldn't sing in the shower. I was like, why aren't you singing in the shower anymore? You sing in the shower. We, we, we don't hear you anymore. So... Um, yeah, God has just restored my voice. I, I sang so loudly. God just restored at liberty. He gave my, he liberated me. So I'm just encouraging you with that, that he, he will liberate you when you allow him to come and break down the pride, come and break down and liberate your feet, liberate anything where you, you are numb and you, you have like, um, went away from him. When you just come back to that intimate space, he will liberate you completely. He will give you back your voice. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, Esther. So in, in closing, I just wanna read you again two verses from Psalm 40. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell them, yet they are more than can be told. So I just want to encourage all of us. Let's, um, the, our testimonies are powerful, and, and I'm sure if we had more time, more people, more people would be able to stand up and share testimonies of what the Lord has done. But, but let's... Let's really trust God for opportunities to share our testimonies. Testimonies are for church, but testimonies are not just for church, right? <clears throat> Those testimonies are also for the world out there, for when you're on campus, for when you're at work, for when you're you know, uh, picking up your kids at school or for, for wherever. Um, these are powerful. These are encouraging testimonies. These are testimonies that glorify God and show how faithful and how good and how powerful He is. 
and people need to hear them, right? Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.